1: analog jones in the temple of film i'm steve and i'm matt
0: and i'm sarah
1: and we're a vhs podcast that looks at the trailers box art and behind the scenes Matt, what's number two in our ladies month
2: yes we are taking a look at heart and souls Oscar nominee Robert Downey Jr. and an all-star cast, including Charles Grodin. I'll fail, I'm telling you, I always fail. Kira Sedgwick. You're so afraid of being hurt, you're gonna end up all alone. Elizabeth Shue. Anytime things get remotely serious, you start, I don't know, wiggling around. Tom Sizemore. I'm a professional, all right? And Academy Award nominees David Pamer. Let's go, Dead People. And Alfrey Wooded. I am so proud of you. I'll tell you what, I'll give you <gasps> a little preview. <laughs>
1: Critics call it the best movie of the year. I'm gonna walk,
2: walk like, like to man. The man, the the the
1: man. Walk. And the best comedy of the year. <laughs> a magical fantasy, an absolute joy, funny, powerful uplifting every moment is magic robert downey jr gives an oscar caliber performance
2: not so much a ladies driven movie but requested by one of our female listeners so that is why we are doing this one sarah you want to call out anna
0: yeah i'd like to give a, a big shout out to anna wong who gave us this movie and requested that we watch it and so today anna this is for you
2: Ani, you got good taste, girl. Good taste.
1: (laughs) Yeah, girl. (laughs) For a good six months, every time she saw me, she's like, When are you going to do Heart and Souls? And I'm like, Eventually, we're going to get to (laughs) (laughs) it.
0: And actually, it wasn't just when she saw you, it's when she would text me and see me, too. So we're finally doing it for you, girl.
2: Persistence pays off, kids. Yeah, and I, I fought against it. It was me being a jerk feeling like it's not it's not like a female driven movie, it's about like a guy coming around and being like manning up and it's like, Oh but it's female requests. It okay. It, okay. It, well it's all
0: about the touchy feely. I mean love. That's kind of a girl thing.
1: Yeah, I mean
2: it's got Elizabeth Shue in
1: it, sort of.
2: <laughs> well, and I mean Elfrey uh, Woodard and uh, Kira Sedgwick are pretty strong female characters, so that's. But you know, they're not alive. They're ghosts. <laughs> they're ghosts. We're watching a ghost movie, but it's not a horror movie for a change.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. Now, uh, history with this, I know, Matt, you've already said you love this. So you probably watched this a ton as a kid?
2: Yeah, I watched. it's just one of those movies that I watched probably non-stop as a kid. Uh, this came out in 94. I was 4 or 5 at the time. And I watched this just is I wore the VHS out that we were rent from the store uh, over and over and over again. And then I went a good, like, 15 years without seeing it again. You know, just loved it as a kid. And then revisited it and was like, oh yeah, this is amazing. Sarah,
1: what was your history at this?
0: Well, actually, I, when I saw The Outside of the Box, I didn't remember anything about it. And so when we put it in the VHS, I was like, oh, okay, this will be a good, a good little chick flick to watch or something. But as soon as it started and we got through about the first five minutes, I remembered it like it was yesterday. And I have a feeling that I might have saw it in the theaters because... Um, it, just, I, it was very vivid, everything that happened.
1: Yeah, I didn't ever rent this or anything, but I definitely saw it on syndication. That's about it a couple times. It seemed like it was on a lot uh, during the summers, during the days or something like that. Uh, definitely Sundays after wrestling. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just funny that it was on TV so much because any media like version of this movie is extraordinarily hard to find. Hard to find on DVD. There is no Blu ray. And the VHS was super hard to find. When I got my VHS, we had to special order it for like $30 from a Suncoast video. Because it's just, they didn't carry it. It's just, this is just a hard one to find. It's not like worth anything. It's not like one of those like super rare, you know, super expensive uh, titles. But it is just one that they just didn't make a lot of. And any media. DVDs never came out on Blu ray. I'm looking at you, Shout Factory. I think it's time.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting I had no idea this was so hard to find
2: That's
0: why I think I saw it in the theater Because I don't remember watching it on syndication
1: Huh Alright, well, that's good to know Let's get into the quick facts on this It was directed by Ron Underwood And any of our fans will know that name Because we've mentioned it before He did a certain movie called Trimmers, City Slickers? Yeah Mighty Joe Young
2: Dude's prolific in uh, yeah. sort of just like Hollywood movies
1: Yeah, yeah he's, he's a fan uh, Who directs movies I uh, think I've, that's what it is. Yeah, is I've seen him on featurettes And documentaries He's just having a blast One of the best ones I've seen him on Is the making of trimmers. And first of all, he's got a glorious mullet Just like Kevin Bacon did in that But Kevin Bacon's is kind of like From the front to the back mullet uh, <laughs> Underwoods is like Almost a real mullet the like total party in the front or uh you know business in the front party in the back
2: oh wow i've never seen ron underwood i don't know what he looks like but i like his movies
1: (laughs) young ron underwood looks you know you know 80s ridiculous nice so
2: he's a great filmmaker
1: he is he's fun produced by sean daniel this is an interesting guy he's a powerhouse in the industry but you don't hear a ton on him uh he was the youngest ever president in Universal. Okay. And during his tenure, you know, he did movies like Back to the Future, Animal House, Sixteen Candles, Brazil, The Blues Brothers, Field of Dreams. I mean, so this guy, you know, he, he obviously created people like him and he attracts them to these wonderful titles. But I also saw that he just started his own production company, which is called Mythos, and just signed like a mega deal with Amazon to like produce all these kind of like sci-fi comic book movies
2: nice well universal was on top of the world at that time so it'd be fun to see if we could do that with amazon now
1: it could happen you never know uh
2: another thing of note is that a couple of the writers on this one are the writers of tremors also
1: yeah i saw that they make a return brent uh maddock and ss wilson
2: yep my yeah. my VHS is signed by SS Wilson. They did a screening of tremors and batteries not included a bunch of years ago. Back when we used to do fun screenings in Chicago that came through. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: he knows people, babe. We don't know. I don't anyone. know.
2: I don't know. We're not friends.
1: <laughs> so Heart and Souls cast. It has some guy named Robert Downey Jr. as the lead. Yeah. I, I don't know who he is.
0: There's a big time for him right this time of the nineties.
1: Yeah, this is right after Chaplin. Yeah, so this is right after Chaplin. Yeah, right? I mean, was yeah, Chaplin but, 1990? Yeah, yeah it was,
0: was. It was right after his 1992 Academy Award nomination, and then he hit rock
2: bottom. Oh no! Yeah, you could actually tell in this movie, uh, he's doing Robert Downey Jr. He's doing his shtick that he's so good at, but there's like something missing behind his eyes. You could tell that he is heavily medicated throughout this movie
1: yeah and then we had eric lloyd which played him the thomas character when he was seven years old and i kept looking at this kid when he was on i mean he's barely on screen i don't know like what 10 minutes
2: no they give him a little while yeah it might be like 20 minutes you know it's a a good chunk of this movie
1: did he look recognizable to either you two as a kid actor yeah he was in the santa claus trilogy
2: yeah
0: yeah he definitely. didn't look familiar to me but he was a cute little kid yeah,
1: it was definitely cute uh yeah so him and tim allen were buddy buddies for a whole trilogy and i know matt's super jealous Oh, God, I
2: fucking hate tim allen. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> and this is before like the whole like i'm a republican in hollywood what well, was me this was just like i just never thought he was funny i never liked him improvement i never liked his shtick i just was like oh, i don't like this guy and now I have all more reason not
1: like it. <laughs> Let's move on to someone we all like. Alfre Woodard. Alfre Woodard. Oh, uh, she I is, love her. She is like going strong for, for like from 1980 on. It seems like.
0: Yeah, and I will just I have to mention that she never changes in age. <laughs> she yeah. still looks as the same as she does then as she did now as she does now
1: but there is a marvel connection here they're both in in the marvel universe yeah she's in um captain america civil war which which again matt huge fan
2: huge fan of any of the captain america bucky barnes story movies but
0: yeah i would agree
2: (laughs) wow
1: really Oh, yeah, you fell asleep during Civil War.
0: No, I didn't.
1: Yes, you
2: did in the theater. You wanted to, I bet, though, because that movie sucks. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, 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 no. no. Not
0: Not to go beyond what we're supposed to be talking to, but I just did not understand the concept behind that. Civil War movie. Nobody died. They were just fighting for nothing.
1: Well, it's a yeah. Marvel movie. No one. There's dies. no stakes in a Marvel but movie. But why ever. would you
0: name it Civil War if no side Be- wins and becau- nobody dies?
1: Because Captain America and Iron Man were fighting a civil war within the group. But
2: that's just. It's a, yeah, but that's it's a dumb. tussle. It's not even a fight. <laughs> yeah
0: saw this i saw it i saw it it's a dick it's war, thought, stupid that movie
2: should be called civil disagreement because yeah, that's what that movie
0: is i agree i agree well i'm telling wh-
2: <laughs> we're going on a side note here during
1: the final fight when everything's super epic the music is loud punching everyone's like moving in to you know moving to the edge of their seat, so to speak, at least most people, you two, you know... I was probably are,
0: sleeping at that I was probably checking
2: point. my watch, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I was and like, neither of these guys are going to die and they're going to get along by the end of this movie, yes, so I got to dip. That's
0: kind of what I felt, and I wasn't even sure what I was watching. I was dragged to that movie. You were not dragged. It wasn't with you. I was with somebody else, but I was dragged to that movie.
1: <laughs> no, you... Okay. D- I never dragged you at all. I don't think I But. Was. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, everything's happening. It's a super fight. I look over and her mouth is open and her eyes are shut and she's just out. And I had to hit her with my elbow. That's like
0: every uh, movie we
1: go to in the theater. No, that was the seven o'clock. That was the <laughs> last. That was the last movie I took you to. Ah. You no, know, when it was late in the day mm-hmm. because you kept falling asleep, and I said, yeah. you know what? I'm going to learn my lesson.
0: Yeah, people should know that about me.
1: Yeah, it was it was pretty funny because i just looked it's so loud the theater was so loud
0: i also fell asleep in con air when i was in high school so <laughs> <laughs> if that says anything sound asleep
1: you know who didn't fall asleep in con air kira sedwig that's Her- true sedwig i'm looking okay i keep looking left and right this is so i can just tell you i'm looking yeah. at
2: them Kira Sedgwick is in this movie Elizabeth Shue is in this movie Tom Sizemore is in this movie David Palmer is in this movie Charles Roden is in this movie Can
0: we talk about Elizabeth Shue though in this movie I actually felt like she did not get enough screen oh, time and her character was just kind of blah
1: Yeah well <laughs> Yeah Yeah, it didn't really focus on her at all Elizabeth Shue really good at that role <laughs> But she is cute as a button as usual Yeah, I always feel bad for her in a lot of movies. This was her in the Back to the Futures. Two and three mm-hmm. This was her in Death Wish That we had to Well we didn't have to But we chose to review that We for choose.
2: You. We chose to have to watch that <laughs> We chose to have to watch that
1: She But she you know she, And the thing is like She's had roles Like leaving Las Vegas Where you're like
2: Wow Like meaty roles Yeah like Really really meaty roles
1: So one wonders What the fuck these producers are doing
0: well, wasn't this the time, this was the time in her career where she was like the new hot thing, right?
1: Yeah. So if you get a new hot thing, you don't just, you know, if you get a brand new Ferrari, you just don't leave in the garage. Well, I mean, these people do.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But the so it says here on the cover, it says a comedy about two hearts, four souls and, a, and second chances. But I, I think that's misleading because they hardly even really talked about two hearts.
1: I have about 800 words of notes here, and I forgot to mention Elizabeth Shue's character, so I had to go back in my notes and put a little bit in there, because I felt bad. But honestly, when I was reviewing the movie in my head, I forget she's in it. Well,
2: even if you think about it, too, I think... More so that it's not Elizabeth Shue's movie. It's not, it's barely Robert Downey Jr.'s movie. It is the ghosts' movie. We start with them. That's we right. follow them. It's their story through his story. So she obviously is not a focal point because we're following the ghosts. It's about them. The movie ends after the ghosts... You know, spoilers. Well, you guys will watch it. Uh, the movie ends after the ghosts do their thing. You know, like, it doesn't... Yeah. You know, yeah, they... Hook up at the end, but like that's that's not the story. The story is the ghost.
1: Again, I forgot that everything worked out at the very end. I knew everything would work out at the very end. I know this type of movie, but I had to go back and look into Wikipedia. I'm like, okay, what happened at the end? All oh, right, they okay, and so. Well, anyway, let's uh, let's actually break down the movie, because there's no trailers to talk about in this damn tape. Well, yeah, let's let's take a look at this
2: box art real quick uh, before we well, get yeah. to that. And I read the cast, because that's basically what the top of the tape is. We get Heart and Souls, got a fun little like angel halo logo around uh, the word souls, and we've got uh, Tom Sizemore, here, Cedric, Alfred Woodard, and Charles Groden where the ghosts looking down from the sky on Robert Downey Jr., who could see them, and uh, Elizabeth Shue, who's only got eyes for him, uh, as they're standing in front of San Francisco, I'm assuming San Francisco. It is, yeah. Uh, San Francisco with, like, a really nice purple-blue background, you know, with their heavenly light shining on them. Uh, Great cover. Love this cover, actually.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, there's nothing really that this film does
2: bad no i have no complaints or other critiques. than the elizabeth
1: shoe thing but it's it's more of a nitpick
2: yeah because like i said i i think that's more of a nitpick because it's not her movie you know like and i think that it's not like they're underserving the female characters because alfrey woodard and kira cedric are great female mm-hmm. characters in this so i think it's just not her movie maybe i don't know but yeah this cover is great I, yeah. I love this cover uh it, it definitely conveys that you're gonna see a romantic comedy but it is different you know you see it you're like oh this is there's more going on here than just a typical romantic comedy because i feel like there is a cover with robert downey jr and somebody else just like holding each other in their arm in each other's arms like this but nothing else going on <laughs> the cover <laughs> i think i'm thinking of the one with him and marissa tomei from this same time <laughs> right <laughs>
1: which I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think it's called Only You. Okay.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I really I really like the cover. I like the the four characters at the at the top. The thing about this movie that makes that is very likable is that each character really does represent somebody you probably know or a feeling that you've probably felt.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, I mean, so let's go ahead and hit it up with the synopsis.
2: For those of you who don't know what the hell we're talking about, (laughs) Heart and Souls is Academy Award nominee. Robert Downey Jr. gives a stellar performance in this magical romantic comedy. One fateful night in 1959, Thomas Riley is born at the exact moment a bus accident claims the lives of Harrison, a frustrated singer. Dogged by Sage Wright, Milo, a two-bit burglar with a guilty conscience, Julia, a young woman who has just let the love of her life get away, and Penny, a single mother who must leave her kids to work the night shift. Soon, the four find themselves earthbound and permanently tied to Thomas, a quartet of loving friends only he can see and hear. When they realize their presence is disrupting the boy's life, they make a heartbreaking decision to become invisible to him. 27 years later, Thomas Robert Downey Jr. has grown into a hard-driving executive who is driving away his girlfriend Elizabeth Shue. Finally, the four souls learning that they are connected to Thomas through him, they each have one chance to resolve the unfinished business in their lives. To do this, they must temporarily take over his body. But doubting Thomas wants no part of it. Thing is, he doesn't have a choice. The result is an irresistible blend of both roaring, funny, and deeply touching episodes that combine to make Heart and Souls the best movie of the year, ABC TV. That is quite a synopsis. Yeah, it's so, I a like that's, that. So that's everything going on in this movie.
1: <laughs> wow. A really long description. <laughs> yeah, so okay, I guess this podcast is over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's what this movie's about.
1: <laughs> so I, yeah, we're not going to go through and break down every scene in this one because this movie flows so fast yeah the editing is so good in this it's a tight movie yeah I. that's why what he says like there's nothing really bad in this movie but to play like contrarian with this to be the you know since you two love it so much there's also nothing that like really sets it apart so to me this is always like a really good B movie and and not and isn't bad. I mean, like a a letter grade, but it it never, I always feel like this needs something else. After every time I watch this, it needs, I don't know what though. I have no solution. So I'm just complaining.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think my thing that sets it apart is the ghost aspect of it, because it is, it is basically a romantic comedy or, and or a redemption story movie, but they're ghosts. I think my obsession with this movie was like, at this time, my, my favorite movies were, like, Beetlejuice or The Frighteners. I had this obsession with, like, the afterlife as a kid. Um, and this one just fit right into that for me.
1: That's interesting. I never knew you had an obsession with the, like, afterlife.
2: Yeah, like a non-religious or interpretation or depiction of the afterlife. I always like all those movies.
1: Well, you spent most of your time in a, you know, watching horror movies, so you're going to come back as an antelope or something. You know, it's going to... Like you're not going to be punished, but... Because, you know, we're all sinners.
2: Right. I would love to come... I, that's my... That's the goal. <laughs> An antelope? <laughs> well, just, just like a harmless sort of like... Just like their kind of animal. Or like a tree that's just kind of not in anybody's way. You know, that's the goal here. If I can come back as something kind of just like dope and lax, I'm good with that.
1: <laughs> I got you. You should come back as a koala. Oh, yes.
2: I'm basically a koala now, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit. I'm real slow, and I just eat all the time. And are I, you
0: are you real grumpy when mm,
1: people try to...
2: When people try to take my food away.
1: Uh, <laughs> we found your spirit animal.
2: Yeah. yeah I'm a koala bear. Uh, some some people compare me to Winnie the Pooh as well. <laughs> I can see that.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think what set this movie aside for me was it had everything that i love i the the girl with aspirations i can uh, identify with that the guilt of the the guy who uh steals from the little or takes the little kid's stamps and wants to return them and and then you know the fear of standing in front of a crowd and singing and and then love children love romantic love all that those are all the types of things that you know you don't think of when you think of the afterlife so it was kind of cool to see how that played out
1: yeah i got nothing (laughs) (laughs) i i'm trying to like push this movie i'll just let mostly you two talk about it because like i don't have anything bad to say everything's just like good but not great in my opinion But I mean, I did have a lot of fun with how the bus driver, because, you know, he picks all of them up after all of them have done this, you know, and they all meet in the same place, which I think is really cool way of doing that in the script, because it's such a tight script, too. Uh even though, you know, there's two writers and I think there was a few other people inside yeah, of it, too. Yeah, there's like two.
2: four credited writers, but it's yeah. two teams. So I feel like one team wrote the original and the second team yeah. just polished it or whatever. Which and uh, it works. works here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean most of the time you get you know a lot of writers like that, it's it's trash. Yeah. Not this one. No. This one came together really nicely. And so, when Hal looks over and he's you know he kills everyone because he can't keep his eyes off of a pair of sexy legs, and then when he comes back, pretty much you know with like two thirds into the movie, they're like, "Hey, we gotta speed this plot along. He's now the guy who picks up all these lost souls. i just I just love that yeah, punishment that's, that's like doing,
2: yeah, he's like not the worst guy, but now he's got a job to do for like the next thousand years, and it's to pick up people in his bus to take to the afterlife. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You're in heaven, but not really. You're the Uber driver of heaven.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because he was being a Pervo looking at legs and killed these people uh, as they were going to chase their dreams (laughs) (laughs) and right the wrongs in their lives.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, when he kills penny penny is the one that really got penny hurts yeah that she like she just loves her
2: kids that's just her thing she's working so she could give a nice home to her kids and she loves her kids
1: i mean the hugaboo yeah the hugabug hugabug yeah
2: hugabug mr hugabug hurry hurry come on yeah yeah mister Hugabug, Hugabug, Hugabug Bear. If you try to find him, well he won't be there. But if you're feeling blue and a little bit scared, he'll be right beside you, Mister Hugabug Bear. I
0: I really got sidelined by that character because they introduced her and she's like surrounded by cats. So that was really where my mind went. I was like, oh, look at all those cats. (laughs) All those cats. And the cats do come back later in the story as a way that they can identify, spoiler alert, her son as the cop.
1: He keeps... Uh, Thomas keeps getting arrested or keeps getting in, in this because,
2: cop. Which is just a fun plot device because as he's helping these people right their wrongs, like, of course he's going to get arrested. He's breaking into people's yeah. homes. He's, like, jumping on stage with B.B. King. Like, he's going to get arrested. So I love that the, the you know, the plot device is mm-hmm. that he keeps getting arrested. And that's how he meets the sun.
1: Even though this isn't Robert Downey Jr.'s movie... He's got moments in this film where he just absolutely shines because the meeting where the ghosts find out that they can take over his body, he gets to do, well, throughout the film, the rest of the film from like the midpoint on, he gets to do all four characters. Yes. And he nails them. Yeah. And it's so incredible to watch. It's so incredible to watch. I didn't re watch the movie today, but I went online to find those scenes. And thank God that we have all these nerds out there on YouTube <laughs> and they did this and it's just, he's so damn good.
2: He even does Alfrey Woodard and it's not offensive. You know, like he doesn't just you know throw on the black voice and then that's good. You know, like he's doing, he's being her. He has her inflections. It's amazing. It's,
1: <laughs> it's so amazing. It's straight up creepy. And then it goes right back to amazing. You're just like, wow, that's. Yeah. He like studied
2: them. Yeah. I feel like the only one that's kind of a caricature is Tom Sizemore, but that's because Tom Sizemore is a caricature of himself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he just plays the, like, over-macho, hyper-masculine...
2: 50s uh, hood rat guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which I just, like, kind of imagine Tom Sizemore is kind of like in real life anyway.
1: (laughs) Well, when he's sober, hopefully, maybe. Or maybe that's because, yeah. Now, him and Robert Downey Jr. talking about, I guess we'll just get right into the drug use that those two went through in their career. I just find that, like, fascinating when I was watching them both and then I read their stories I'm like, ooh. It's like Robert Downey Jr. bounces
2: back. Tom Sizemore just keeps falling down the hole. (laughs) Well,
1: that's because Robert Downey Jr. had a Mel Gibson, and Sizemore didn't. Yeah, and it's a shame.
2: I think Tom Sizemore actually is a really good actor, but it's just like a shame that he kind of spiraled. But I think he's great. I would like to see him have a nice comeback. Tarantino, hire him. Bring him on for something.
1: I don't even know if he acts anymore. Oh yeah. I've, I've does he? seen him
0: in things. Yeah, he yeah. does he does a lot of bad movies now. I just saw him in a really bad movie. <laughs>
1: oh, because I know he's sober now. Mm. He's been sober good. for a couple years.
2: It's coming then. The comeback's coming. He's a good actor, so it's he's yeah.
1: well Spielberg said he was an incredible talent in saving private Ryan and wanted to use him more. But because not that he, I mean, he was sober on Saving Private Ryan's set.
2: I think that's his thing. He's sober on set yeah. and parties off set. That's, he's a Charlie Sheen.
1: But its it was really hard to get insurance for him and to get the movies going. So, you know, Spielberg had to be like, I can't use you anymore. And, you know, that was start of, I mean, I don't know when his drug use picked up because um, Robert Downey Jr.'s Like, from 96 to 2001 is really where he hit the lows. Sizemore, I think, was like 99 to 2005. I'm sure Sizemore did drugs earlier in that, but that's when it just, like, boom. So these two kind of overlapped with troubled times. Yeah. And again, like you said, Robert Downey Jr. got focused, got clean,
2: Everything a dead like marvel that. money.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. The, I, I was reading up on his drug history. Apparently his dad was a huge drug user. And one of their ways to to hang out and to be father son and have a relationship was to get to do drugs together. So that's like where his drug problems started and continued.
1: Yeah, I believe his dad was an actor or Direct. a, a director, and he claimed that he had been doing drugs since age eight. Mm. You know, I don't know if that's true, but that's sad. But mm-hmm. again, he did bounce back. And another interesting thing about Robert Downey Jr., completely forgot, he was on a season of it a Saturday Night Live, I think, in '85.
2: Yeah, he was on the Bad Years. Like, that, that cast was good, because they had Anthony Michael Hall, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Like, they had some good people on the cast. It was a shitty written show.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember that at all.
1: It's because it's like the dead years. Uh, I've, I've heard people call it... I, I don't know what the years were, but that was one of them where, like, nothing seemed to gel. The original writers were gone, and they were just kind but of... they were
2: good at spotting talent. That's for damn sure. They just couldn't, couldn't write for them, but... Yeah, look at Downey Jr. now. Still probably the top of the A-list right now. Still.
1: I think he's
0: one of the highest paid actors in Hollywood, right?
1: Uh, He should be. If he's not, I'm sure he is. And he's also got a killer Twitter account. Yeah,
0: and he's pretty hot.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to lie, he is. (laughs) He's
2: (laughs) a a good looking looking dude. (laughs) Even as
0: he gets older, I find him to still be pretty attractive, so... Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, no, no one will say that about Tom Sizemore though. That's what's sad.
0: Mm. <laughs> I keep thinking Tom Sizemore is in like uh, a hot tub time machine or something, or a hot tub time machine too. I could be wrong, but like it seems like a movie that he would be in.
1: No, no. I, so is he starring in like alt right type like shoot 'em ups? No, really cheap just, or he's just
2: starring in anything that will pay his rent. Like, yeah, that it's just he's no. doing like.
1: That's what I notice is a lot of these actors who can't get jobs in Hollywood anymore, they'll go to, like, the super Christian ones or the alt-right. Yeah, no,
2: it's it's not those. He's just popping up in whatever. Yeah. He's, he's not like my buddy... Robert Davey yeah. who wants to fight me? Yeah, that's what I was
1: wondering. I wonder if he went down that route. Mm-mm. Even though he might not be that person, I was wondering if he had to go down that route. Like a Greg Kinnear? Yes. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get ourselves out of this hole now. Back to this movie. So going back to the uh, Robert Downey Jr. where he's in the office meeting and they're trying to destroy this yuppie's life. Part of me was mad about that. I was just like, whoa, ghost, calm down. (laughs) I mean, maybe do this somewhere else like his apartment. But again... They're trying meeting. to
0: destroy his life.
1: Well, they, they were. He's in the most important life. meeting. Oh, well, I think he said the most important meeting of his business because he's making this huge, massive million-dollar deal. And then they're like, "Oh, what's?" <laughs> Sizemore takes control of him. He goes, "I'm going to hit on that woman right there." I'm like, "To me, I'm like these ghosts have watched this kid grow up. They're
0: pent up in his body. They they need something." And so he wanted to hit on the lady. That's the comedy of it.
2: And I th- and I think they should. This job's bad for him. Who cares if it's a million dollar deal? Like, it's eating away his life.
0: Yeah, there's some symbolism in that.
2: Let break free, break free of the shackles of a shitty job. Yeah,
0: walk <laughs> like a man. Walk <laughs> like a man.
1: <laughs> it's, well, he was. He was. I. I don't know. I just don't like that. But it was a great scene. Yeah, when he slides across the table, yeah, to
2: the the one female in the office, it's really funny. Yeah, you know, like, I mean, it cracked <laughs> all out, the papers but... go flying, and he just slides effortlessly. Like Downey Jr. is in command of his body in this movie because he does the body language of every all the other actors in here, and like, yeah, he just he's really good physical comedian. No wonder he was Chaplin, you know. <laughs>
1: And he's really good at playing Milo. So when he was, because that was one scene I really wanted to rewatch because it didn't stick out. It was so subtle. But when I rewatched it today, and he's about to sing, and you can see his just—he's so scared, and how he plays it. I was like, damn it! And Milo was my favorite. Um,
2: Harrison. Milo's Tom oh. Harrison. Oh, sorry, sorry. Harris,
0: yeah, because Milo uh. is the stamp stealer.
1: Yeah. Okay, well, Harrison, whatever. I don't really care about their names except Penny. Penny's really stuck in my head. I, I know th- all of their names
2: because I can hear that child crying all of them. Oh. <laughs> and he's like, Julia! Oh. It's so sad. That's yeah, true. yeah. <laughs> it's so sad. Don't, don't. Oh, so God, that's how I know it's what all their names. in my head now <laughs> That's <laughs> how I know all their names because I can hear the kid crying them. <laughs> that's like how you cry, huh? Yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs>
1: oh man, yeah, because this movie came out when you were three, so you probably did. Your oh, yeah. your your parents are taking away the VHS, like, no Matt, you have to go to bed. <gasps> my what <word! laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have to call your parents See if I can get that recording They're like oh yeah we used to record him <laughs> crying all the time
2: <laughs> uh, If you ask This one is such like a part of my childhood If you ask my parents about this movie They'll be like yeah he was obsessed We saw that movie 300 times
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah that would be my parents About uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too.
0: <laughs> yeah mine was Annie
1: so she has like five DVDs, maybe?
0: I have, yeah, I have, I have four or five DVDs. One of them's Annie.
1: Well, that's the one that matters because it cracked me up because it was just like in the middle. And you know how when you're just like, she's like, oh, you, can, you told me I could have all of them. And I was like, okay. And that right when I pulled that one out, I was just like, yep.
0: I think it's Annie and then I have Newsies and then I Correct. have uh, some Broadway musicals
1: that went to it's not the audience for broadway
0: musicals <laughs> yeah, with the, well,
2: we, we just rinse. lost all of our <laughs> no but you you brought us you brought us grease too that's, yeah, so. that's, that's true
0: that's where it all began
1: for me grease too is the that and um earth girls are easy that's like this podcast type musicals that's yes. the ones that we do <laughs> yes. maybe a little little shop of horrors yes love
2: that oh, one too have you
0: guys done that one yet
2: it's You've a hard put... VHS to find that one. Uh, got, I, don't know. We should, we
0: should I would love on. to do that one.
2: Oh, I love that movie.
0: Anything with a song and dance, which by the way, remember this movie had a song and a dance.
2: Yes. The mm-hmm. the scene when so they sing Walk Like a Man when he's a kid, and then but the scene when they do the first good deed or whatever, and then they are in the middle of the street and basically have a musical number to walk like a man fantastic phenomenal like you could just tell they're all having fun and i'm just mm-hmm. like that's infectious like
0: <laughs> i thought it was really awesome i mean i like anything with a good song and dance but i also was like well it's kind of weird like it's kind of the middle of the movie yeah. and didn't yeah. really have any point maybe i had fallen asleep for a couple minutes and then woke up right when they were singing
1: yeah i think it was just showing that all these characters have reconnected you know, it's kind of like if you see an old friend from high school, like your really good friend, and it, you haven't seen them in years. Yeah, we definitely see and you, dance. as soon as you're together, it's like no what's, time passed.
2: Yeah, and like, what's that connective tissue? And like, that's the song for them. Yeah, like, that's their that's connective true. tissue.
1: So if we get into the wrap-ups of these characters, Milo gets into Thomas's body and steals those stamps back from a much older... I, I don't know if it was just a rich man. Was he part of the mafia or something? I think he
2: was like a gangster. I don't know if he was like a mafia guy, but he was like a 50s gangster. Yeah. You know? He he was a hood.
1: But Milo gets into Thomas's body and then goes and, and re-steals them back to give them back to the kid that he had ripped off. Uh, <laughs> and like when it ends, that one really like I was a little surprised they went with Milo first. But I get it, because he was so headstrong, of course he would be the first one to like force himself into Thomas to do it. Right. So I guess it makes sense, but I'm just surprised they wanted to uh, get rid of Sizemore so quick.
2: Yeah, he's, he's having fun. Yeah. This. But the movie, after, like, we sort of get the setup with David Payne where, Like, I have to take you guys all back, one by one, um, and... Once we sort of get that, that really kicks off just like the third act of the movie.
1: Oh, the third act flies! It it's just flies. It's like because
2: it, we just hit each of their four stops that they have to make. Um, you know, starting with Sizemore. But once we get to that point, it this thing just flies because basically the first act is young Thomas, second act is older Thomas reconnecting with the ghost, and third act is them redeeming themselves. It's a really well structured movie.
1: Yeah, and Charlie. Um Gordon, is that his name? Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin from the Beethovens? Yes. I know he's actually like, did he ever win an Oscar or was he just nominated?
2: Was he, he was nominated for, was he nominated Midnight Run?
1: Is it Midnight Run? I think he
2: might have been nominated for that. Yeah. Which I've actually never seen.
1: uh, He's made some great movies. But I've seen Beethoven
2: a lot of times. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I was like,
1: (laughs) I know that you've been in a ton. Like, if I had ever met him in real life, I know you've been in a ton of great movies. Maybe you won an Oscar nominated. But, you know, you're always going to be Beethoven's dad
2: to me. It's like like Academy Award winner Kenneth Branagh for his portrayal as a mechanical spider half-man in... Wild Wild West, same thing. (laughs) Award winning. (laughs)
1: Uh, You're always gonna be that crazy Dr. Lovelace to me. Kidding. (laughs) You'll never escape that role. So yeah, it wraps up really quick. Harrison goes to, or you know, Harrison enters Thomas's body and then sings the national anthem at a BB King concert,
2: and BB King is really there. Yeah, there is no actor playing B.B. King. B.B. BB. King shows up in this movie and then plays guitar for Robert Downey Jr. as Charles Grodin singing the national anthem.
1: (laughs) And I love that BB King's smiling, he's all happy and everything, and then the cops are like, yeah, now you gotta go to jail.
2: (laughs) And BB King's probably like, get this guy off my stage.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we bump back into the cop, and when we bumped into the cop the second time, that's when my brain went, well, what are they doing with this character? There's a lot of screen time. Still did not figure it out until it happened that... That cop is actually one of Penny's children. And her favorite child. Basically, yeah. The little one.
0: The little one. The cute one. Because the girls are somewhere in Sacramento.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we don't get to see them. I thought that was interesting. But, you know, I don't think we really need to. I think that would have made the script a little bit too filled. Yeah, we saw
2: the connection with her and the little boy. So Mm -hmm. we had to... Right. That's what we had to reconnect with later. Yeah, and we literally... Run into him when Robert Downey Jr. in a frenzy drives his car into his car as he's leaving the police station,
1: <laughs> and the cop's wife comes, and gets out of the actual car <laughs> with a child, and I was like, "Oh God, he didn't hurt the kid, did he?" That's <laughs> immediately where my brain went.
2: Uh, uh, bus a driver. darker yeah. movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Bus driver shows up. It's like Penny you gotta go, and then Penny gets out of there after Thomas hugs the
2: cop. And yeah, then... she possesses him to hug the cop. It's it's really sweet. All of these scenes are just so sticky sweet. I love it though. It works. Like I, it's not like I see them manipulating me. I'm like, no, this is how you do sticky sweet. Like it works for me.
0: Yeah. No, I really, I really did enjoy that scene. I was glad she got to see her son again, and I actually remembered. I didn't remember it as we were going into the scene but as soon as as soon as you know we got to the scene and they were talking I was like oh yeah that's her son and I was so happy I had all the all the feels
1: so it snuck up on you too
0: it didn't it did, like I said I remembered a lot of it but I had forgotten that 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 was who the character was mm-hmm. but yeah as soon as it happened I, I felt pretty happy
1: well, and then Julia gets to write a letter to her long-lost love, and then we deliver it to no one, because they get to the house, and it's like, they don't live here anymore, they died.
2: Yeah, it's major bummer. Another, like, just good move for this movie, because they could have just had it, again, be like, all right, they've connected, everything's fine, but no, it's like,
1: he it, died, it, sorry. It wraps around really nice, because Julia then realizes that, like, oh, my business now is to, like... Is you. Is you. To yeah. make sure you don't make the same mistake. Because Which, Thomas is
2: pushing every girl away because he's focused on the business and everything like that. But, like, Elizabeth Shue really likes him It just wants him to meet her parents. And he's just being flaky because that's what he does. So Julia's got to be like, no, like, she loves you. You obviously love her. Make this work, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there wasn't there a line where he's like, well, I have a hard time connecting because you know early in my I don't I don't know yeah. what he says but basically when the ghost left you know he didn't feel like he could connect with anyone else because they would just abandon him right he was afraid of being abandoned
2: mm. again yeah that's but, deep that's
1: some deep sadness there well i mean he's he made it he had four ghosts help him get <laughs> through his problem <laughs> this movie wraps up nicely they dance and then four stars twinkle in the night you know to let him know i guess Hey, we made it, we're good.
2: Yeah. We're watching over we're still
1: watching over you.
0: That's how it works.
1: Now my mind got pretty (laughs) immature when I was thinking, wait, they watched him grow up his entire?
2: What? My my brain oh, thought that too. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. Oh stop! Yeah. Wait,
0: you boys, ridiculous. Uh,
1: we're talking about when he, you know, farts and stuff. What are you talking
0: about? <laughs>
2: I was talking about him jerking off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, unless. Nobody's being honest
2: here.
1: Yeah, that's immediately what I thought. I go, oh, 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 no.
0: Now I have this like visual of the four of them just like sitting uncomfortably well, like they, in the same room as he's jerking off.
2: We uh, we've, we saw, here's my defense of it, we saw when he goes into the meeting, they have to follow him around, but they don't have to be in the room with him, they just have to be within a certain proximity of him because he closes the door on them. They are separate from They then go into the room to possess him Uh, and stuff like that. So they can, like, they can be on the other side of his bedroom door while he's doing his business. I'm
0: glad that you guys really did give some good thought to that. (laughs) Well,
2: maybe they
1: went to the roof.
2: Yeah, they can go to the roof. You know, they just have to be within a certain proximity. They don't need to be, like, in the room with them I at feel all
0: like times. you guys are just re- reassuring yourselves that your own ghosts weren't in the rooms with you.
1: Oh, fuck when... my ghost. I hope they go through everything. <laughs> Get out of my fucking life. <laughs>
2: this is
0: actually your life story.
1: <gasps> We're both yuppies. 90s yuppies.
2: Oh man, what's that like? I don't What's what's having a lot of money like? <laughs> oh. Nobody
1: are we else. like podcast yuppies? <laughs> Where's our money, damn it? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have one one last. This isn't a complaint or anything like that, but uh, I think someone should punch Hal in the face for the, like, wait, no one told you what you guys are supposed to do? Like, yeah, Hal, because you are a fucking awful bus driver. Yeah, he's like,
2: it took me 20 years to come find you guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Well, you see,
1: what you're supposed to have done is to take care of the one thing that would have made your lives complete. You know, I mean, I'm not talking about making a million dollars or shacking up with some pin-up girl or something.
2: I mean, Shacking up with some pin-up girl doesn't... Sh- Shut up. up. But how in the world are we supposed to do that? We're spirits. Yeah, we can't make a phone call. We can't... Punch some bus driver in the chops. Mm-hmm. Your corporeal being. It's
1: really nice. oh. You're supposed to use him as a vehicle. No. And if he won't do it, you enter his body and you make him
2: do it. Enter his body. We can take him over? Well, that would have been helpful to know. I knew there was a reason for all of this. Yeah,
1: yeah, sure. It's all part of the grand scheme of things. Which is worth diddly if someone doesn't get his halo down here and tell you what's going on none of them like damn it how you you killed us and you didn't even let us know what we're
2: supposed to do they that's basically like what they say to him when he first shows up they're like for real like you couldn't like let us know that like we're still here so that we could make like amends come on
0: <laughs> i could have got. we could have gotten out watching the kid jerk off <laughs>
1: I do wonder what it would have been like to see little little uh, Tommy Sizemore like enter that kid's body and then go to the like mafia boss or whatever, you know, and then he'd be, "Hey, yo, give me back those stamps." <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Like <laughs> if he was on the mission as like a 7-year-old.
1: <laughs> yeah, it might not have worked if if he was a 7-year-old. I I don't know, but I want to watch that movie. I want
2: to watch that movie too. But I also don't need to, because I've got this movie, and it's fucking wonderful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, let's get into the museum.
2: This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs
1: in a museum. So do you. Part of the show, we put something in the museum, good or bad, you know how it works. We're just like Indy. I'll let our guests go first.
0: I've been thinking about this. Um, I think I would put just the, the walk like a man, talk like a man scene when they're dancing. That that goes in the museum. It's purely a magical moment and I'm I'm a girl who loves her loves her Broadway and so that really spoke to me. So I, I would go see that in the Broadway museum.
2: Uh, I gotta I, I gotta just put uh, the ghosts in general just or any of like the ghost imagery in this movie. I um, I like, I like every, everything every time it points out that they're ghosts, you know somebody walks through them or when they possess or like when the bus comes through and it's all you know purple and hazy it's got like that 90s afterlife look. So I gotta put the ghosts in the museum this time.
1: I'm gonna put Robert Downey Jr.'s physical acting or physical comedy, whatever you want to call it. So good being all four of these ghosts.
2: Yes. Yes, he is.
1: <laughs> I really don't know how he's, I mean, he's so talented. He can even sing. He kind of annoys me when I think about how talented he is.
2: He can do it all.
1: Yeah. And and, and he's got a story that would sell, like, be a New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. Damn you, Robert Downey he's Jr. He's lived a life. Yeah. And your Twitter account, which I was, like, really going through today just for fun. He is funny. And he's hot. <sighs>
2: yep. <laughs> I don't
1: know why I cited that. I'm just like... <laughs>
2: because you're upset because he has it all he's the total package
1: (laughs) damn you robert downey jr but i would love to hang out with you uh so call us at analog jones (laughs) yeah
2: like come over let's do an episode we'll talk about this movie i'll talk about this movie with you until like we both die like
0: (laughs) i wonder if he if he even remembers this
1: movie with all of Uh, his drugs (laughs) yeah maybe not well, it's not talked about a lot.
2: This movie isn't. It's it's not that it's bad. It's, maybe it's because it had such a small release, or maybe it bombed at the box office and then didn't take off on video, whatever. But yeah, this is not a talked about movie, but I think this is honestly like a really huge hidden gem. Because I I, don't, I think beyond just my personal interest, I think people in general would like this movie. It's just a feel good movie done really well by like a director at the top of his game. Like I just think this is just a super positive movie, and I think everyone would like it.
1: Yeah, I I don't think anyone I don't like. Instead of beginning of this podcast, like. Who doesn't like it? Who hates this
2: movie? (laughs) They're wrong. They they have no heart or souls.
0: (laughs) Well, we can thank Anna Wong for that.
2: (laughs) Yes.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Anna, for giving us a uh, kind of a a fun podcast of mostly talking about Tom Sizemore and Robert Downey Jr.'s drug problems. (laughs) No, not really. It was a fun movie. I liked it. I'm glad we got a chance to do this because this is one we probably never would have done.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's a favorite of mine but like yeah where would we stick it you know like where would this fall
0: Late is month Late is <laughs> month
2: so so here it is uh and um, i'm glad we got to do it and i'm glad we get to you know preach the word of it i hope people do find this movie and i hope enough people find this movie that it does get like a proper you know shout factory style release
1: we'll see and if it does we're gonna like stamp it like yep that's us we did, we did, it. did it
2: we did it yeah
1: uh, what are we doing next month, Matt? Next week. Next <laughs>
2: fuck. <laughs> Matt, what are we doing next week? Next week, we are taking a look at the coming of female coming of age classic, now and then. It should be fun. I don't think I've seen this. Uh, I saw it for the first time for this podcast. So,
0: I just love the idea of you guys sitting around talking about a female coming of age movie.
1: Little Women, now and then, uh, the <gasps> traveling, women. the traveling pants. Uh, Matt and I sit around all the time, texting on. Oh, actually, we're not even
2: texting on our phone. We're just like you're you're being sarcastic, but I do just sit and watch these <laughs> because they're great. I just want to feel good. I'm sorry <laughs> like... um, fair enough
1: I just have a a movie playing in my head of like Ashley walks in and everything and she, she sees you with a bunch of tissues next to you and everything she's like <sighs> He's watching another coming-of-age movie again. One day I'd like to walk in it, and you're just watching porn. <laughs> it's
2: like, not with me. With me, you get, like, cheesy 80s uh, and 90s fluffy movies. That's what you get with me. I'm not a crier, though. I don't cry during movies, but... I like them. I feel an, things. I feel
1: things. I'm gonna keep the crying in my movie though, because I just just to see you, okay. <laughs>
2: just yeah. like bawling your eyes
1: out. You're like, I want a pair of pants that all my friends and I can change into.
2: <laughs> I do. Is that so much to fucking ask?
1: <laughs> I want to be in a
2: sisterhood of traveling pants, except me. It'd be the. the <laughs> I mat- just want friends. <laughs>
1: the mat hood of traveling pants. Yeah, nobody wants
0: my Matt's pants. Matt's traveling pants. <laughs> nobody wants
1: my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh Matt, I, I think I found your gay porn there where you're gonna start in. <laughs> Matt's pants.
0: Yeah. Well, when my like career
2: that. When my career bottom's out, that's where we're going. <laughs> for sure. (laughs) You
1: and Tom Sizemore. Me and Tom Sizemore. Just fucking. (laughs) Um, This took a turn.
0: The question is, will you guys be sober while on set
1: or not? Well, Matt won't be.
2: Mm-hmm. tom sizemore's just like i'm straight edge he's now he's actually
0: <laughs> thinking about it and i'm like
2: which way do i want to go with this <laughs> what's my answer to this question i don't know we're gonna have to live it and find out
1: all right what let's wrap this shit up because <laughs> we're we're going down it's getting some weird work, yeah <laughs> remember to rate and review us when you're on that little itunes app just scroll all the way down to the bottom and give us a little rating
0: a five star rating is the best
1: and uh, you guys, seriously, we need to get more emails to Matt at <laughs> analogjonestof at gmail. I want to see his replies.
2: They're going to be good. I'm, I'm telling you right now, guys. I've been already pre-planning some gems.
1: <laughs> He's a special writer, let me tell you.
2: <laughs> oh, that's what nobody ever says to me. So,
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Remember to be kind. And rewind.
2: Hey, do you guys like horror movies? I do. Do they always have to be good movies? No way. I prefer them to be crap, personally. <laughs> well, then you guys are in luck because Horror Movie Night is your expert podcast on both horror movies, good, bad, and gooey. It's just a show of three friends, brother, yeah, two brothers and a friend. I, I think you would call. It, but we're also we're all friends here. You know, we're friends. We we're around. all friends here. Yeah. We're friends. <laughs> goof around, but <movies. laughs> we we talk about we talk about movies but we normally don't actually talk about movies which is kind of weird it's, it's a weird <laughs> dynamic you have to really listen to understand it but we put together a show every friday morning you can find our show hmnpodcast.com uh we're part of the beatscape network we are you know we're good guys just check us out we're good silly guys we're, we're fun please like me please <laughs> That's pretty please. much the impetus of everything we do is to be accepted we want to yeah. be loved HMMpodcast.com